Welcome to the Further Light Podcast, brought to you and presented by Wisconsin Freemasonry, helping you accomplish your Masonic goals through education and more light. And now, I introduce to you, Brother Chris Ludke. This is Brother Chris Lidke, and today I want to explore the second of our seven liberal arts, rhetoric. Why do we need the art of rhetoric today? The fear of public speaking is known as glossophobia, and 74% of people today suffer from some form of speech anxiety. That's three in four modern people. It's actually the highest ranked phobia, followed by a fear of death or the end of life, and third, the fear of spiders. The fear of public speaking also has a 10% impairment on wages and often gets in the way of career advancement. After all, how can you get your ideas across if you, well, can't speak about them? It sounds to me like we need the art of rhetoric today. My goal today is to introduce you to rhetoric. What is it? Why is it important? How is it used in the classical tradition? And more importantly, in our rhetoric and propaganda-filled modern day. Because it goes both ways. Understanding rhetoric helps you speak, but also helps you understand what others are saying and the message they're trying to send. So, let's start at the beginning. What is rhetoric? According to William Preston, rhetoric teaches us to speak copiously and fluently on any subject, not merely with propriety, but with all the advantages of force and elegance, wisely contriving to captivate the hearer by strength of argument and beauty of expression, whether it be to entreat or extort, to admonish or applaud. In more modern terms, or simpler terms, rhetoric is the study and art of writing and speaking well, being persuasive, and knowing how to compose successful written pieces and presentations. Rhetoric teaches us the essential skills of advanced learning and higher education. Through rhetoric, students learn to think logically, to discover wrong or weak arguments, to build a good case on a controversial topic, and overcome the all-too-common fear of speaking in public so that they can deliver crisp and well-prepared speeches. Aristotle himself defines rhetoric as the faculty of observing in any given case the available means of persuasion. In other words, rhetoric is the ability to see before, before you a host of options for how you might influence or persuade someone. So let's look at a brief history of rhetoric. Many historians credit the ancient city-state of Athens as the birthplace of classical rhetoric. This is because Athenian democracy marshaled every free male into politics. Every Athenian man had to be ready to stand in the assembly and speak to persuade his countrymen to vote for or against a particular piece of legislation. A man's success and influence in ancient Athens depended entirely on his rhetorical ability. While Aristotle favored persuasion through reason alone, 
he recognized that at times an audience would not be sophisticated enough to follow arguments based solely on scientific and logical principles. In those instances, persuasive language and techniques are necessary for truth to be taught. And this is going to be rather important because in today's day and age where we are bombarded with messages from any number of different political groups, it becomes incredibly important that we understand where there is logic and where there is persuasion. Because if we simply take their word for it, we are, well, nothing more than sheep. This is, with grammar, an attempt to build what we would call today critical thinking. Moreover, rhetoric armed a man with the necessary weapons to refute demagogues and those who use rhetoric for evil purposes. This is going to be very, very common. Most of the great dictators, well, not really, it's a very odd way of putting it, but most of the famous dictators that you hear about are known for their rhetorical skill, for their ability to get up in front of a crowd, rile up their emotions, and get them eating out of their hands. According to Aristotle, sometimes you have to fight fire with fire. Rhetoric was slow to develop in ancient Rome, but started to flourish when the empire conquered Greece and began to be influenced by its traditions. While ancient Romans incorporated many of the rhetorical elements established by the Greeks, they diverged from the Greeks in many ways. For example, orders and writers in ancient Rome depended more on stylistic flourishes, riveting stories and compelling metaphors rather than on logic. And that should sound familiar. In the United States and the Western world, when you hear someone speaking, primarily a politician on a topic, how often do you hear them falling into the use of narratives, the use of stories, rather than using logic in their arguments? The reason is stories, metaphors, narratives are very, very powerful. That is what tends to pull on emotional strings. That's what the Romans really develop. Cicero, of course, will approach rhetoric emphasizing the importance of a liberal education because we need to have that ability to use logic to break these things down, something we'll get to. We need grammar to understand it. We need rhetoric to construct it. So it becomes very, very important that we understand rhetoric. According to Cicero, to be persuasive, a man needed knowledge in history, politics, art, literature, ethics, law, and medicine, because you could be called upon to speak on, well, just about anything. And the broader your knowledge, so he's pushing general knowledge, but the broader your knowledge, the more likely you are to have something useful in your argument. By being liberally educated, a man would be able to connect with any audience that he addressed. Now, the second Roman to leave his mark on the study of rhetoric was Quintilian. After honing his rhetorical skills for years in the Roman courts, Quintilian opened a public school of rhetoric. There he develops a study system that took a student through the different stages of intense rhetorical training. He develops devotes much of his treatise to fleshing out and explaining the five canons of rhetoric. The five canons are invention, the process of developing and refining your argument, arrangement, 
the process of arranging and or organizing, excuse me, your arguments for maximum impact. Style. The process of determining how you present your argument using figures of speech and other rhetorical techniques. Memory. The process of learning and memorizing your speech so you can deliver it without the use of notes. Memory work not only consisted of memorizing the words of a specific speech, but also storing up famous quotes, literary references, and other facts that can be used in an impromptu speech. Finally, delivery. The practice or process of practicing how you deliver your speech using gestures, pronouns, and tone of voice. So it's not just the material content of your speech, but how you're per- how you're delivering it. How will people see it? The use of the correct gesture can either destroy your ideas or they can have the audience really eating out the palm of your hand. Modern rhetoric develops through the Enlightenment. As democratic ideals spread throughout Europe and the American colonies, rhetoric shifted back from religion where it had existed from Roman times to political discourse. Political philosophers and revolutionaries would use it as a weapon in their campaign to spread liberty and freedom. The proliferation of mass media in the 20th century caused another shift in the study of rhetoric. Because we've become far more visual than any other culture that has ever existed. Images in photography, film, TV, the internet have become powerful tools of persuasion. In response, those who are speaking publicly have expanded their repertoire to include not only the mastery of the written and spoken word, but a grasp of visual art as well, because of course visual arts can persuade. It's known as propaganda. So why do we need rhetoric? Well, at a very basic level, who has not experienced the sensation of trying to put something into your own words or talking about something out loud that you didn't quite understand? And then the process of thinking makes it concrete. It develops connections. Eureka! Understanding dawned. It was the process of speaking or writing itself that clarified and crystallized the idea that you had been seeking to grasp. Rhetoric's enduring presence through the ages cemented its status as a critical tool in uncovering how power is wielded through discourse. Today, Studying rhetoric is perhaps more important than ever as discourses of power continue to evolve and manifest insidiously in places once thought impossible. However, expanding the discussion of rhetoric beyond politics and seeing its capability and impact in our everyday life is crucial. Far from being a tool used only by the powerful to manipulate the powerless, rhetoric is, in fact, a medium that can be used by anyone. From elementary school children to doctors, parents, CEOs, teachers, and of course, writers. It doesn't need to be a speech. It could be a committee meeting or debate with your next door neighbor. In our postmodern world, the need for situational rhetoric, humbly used to lead and influence others, has never been greater. Most people today have not been trained in the art of logic or the dialectic, and therefore, may not listen to an airtight logical argument, regardless of its truthfulness. But they can be influenced by a person, just like we saw with the Romans. 
There's an art of the trivium our culture needs, and it's the art of rhetoric. While rhetoric makes use of logic, its effectiveness does not depend on an audience's acceptance of airtight, deductive arguments. Where the logician is stymied by an audience who responds, that might be true for you, but the rhetorician, person using rhetoric, is equipped to take up the challenge of persuasion and to continue a profitable discourse, even when faced with the most stubborn anti-rationalist. In other words, if you properly use rhetoric, even someone who has their heels dug in on an, on an issue is going to be persuadable if you're using rhetoric properly. We need the art of rhetoric today to fill the void of leadership in this postmodern world. Of course, there have been those who, have, who take a good art and turn it evil. I don't mean by the art of rhetoric, the ability to make the worse appear the better cause, to call darkness light and light darkness, to paint evil as if it were right and defraud the helpless of monetary gain. There must be, to prevent that, there must be good rhetoric out there, if only to combat all the bad and evil rhetoric reverberating in our ears. And the rhetorical tradition agreed. Just as there is no true eloquence without wisdom, the true order, the genuine leader must be a good person. So let's tie this up. Let's look at where this leads us or leaves us. Rhetoric is the art of decision making in a community. What could be more pra- a more practical skill than that? Who doesn't have to make decisions in a community daily? As a way of learning then, rhetoric is endlessly applicable to all spheres of life, because in every subject, there are means of persuasion and there are decisions to be made. And one way to tackle any subject is to prepare to speak or write persuasively about it. Rhetoric, the process of making and conveying meaning, of crafting new realities and moving people to action or contemplation, is inherently a hopeful area of study and practice. It is not an exaggeration to say that by seeking to understand the nature and power of rhetoric, we can help build a more empathetic and equitable society. While grammar organizes thought, rhetoric allows us to share the thought. Next, we need a way to understand, evaluate, and synthesize thought, creating new connections and new ideas. We need logic, or in more modern terms, critical thinking. But that's the next episode. Are you interested in learning more about Freemasonry in Wisconsin? Visit wisconsinmasons.org. That's w-i-masons.org to learn more about masonry and access further educational content and further lighten masonry. Thank you for listening.